The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, I could get used to saying this every summer night the rest of my life. Another day, another Royals win. This time 6-4 to four over Minnesota, making it eight consecutive winning series for the Royals for the first time since 1991. Back when Brett Saberhagen threw a no-hitter that year. That's how long it's been. Eight series victories in a row. Welcome in. It's Davo on your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation as the Royals move to 69 and 55 on the season. Their first time 14 games over since 1994. Think about that for a second. 94, back when the Royals had a 14 game winning streak and were very close to making the playoffs that year. Of course, Montreal was far and away the best team in Major League Baseball. Many thought they would have won the World Series that year. The World Series gets canceled. Montreal soon goes away after that. Never the same after that year. And the Royals have never really had a a real, real, real serious mid-September threat. I mean, in 2003, they were pretty much out of it by mid-September, early September. Last year, they were pretty much out of it realistically by September 20th, September 15th. So this looks like it could be the first season where the Royals, the last week or two of the season, have a, a great chance of making the postseason. I mean, they could even, in theory, have things wrapped up. And and we can kind of assume some things there. Let's talk about that. There's 38 more games to go for the Royals. And, yes, we'll talk a bit about tonight, and we'll preview Colorado. But I'm kind of having a Kool-Aid bust tonight. I'm kind of heavy on the Kool-Aid right now. So let's let's think big here. 38 more games to go. And as we think big here, I am admitting, first of all, well, we're not playing, so you and I can talk like this. But I'm also admitting what got the Royals to where they're at was not looking way ahead. They're just taking it series by series, game by game, and they've been winning. They've been saying that all year. We're taking it series by series. Our goal is to win series, and obviously eight in a row, the Royals have been doing that. So if the Royals just keep doing that and you know take two out of three, three out of four series from here on out, they're going to make the playoffs. But let's just look at it in the aspect that I think the Royals could almost win this division by September 1st. Not literally. I'm not saying that's going to be a magic number, but here's how I look at it. So 38 more games to go, right? Let's assume that 91 wins will win the AL Central. I think it could be 90. We'll just say 91. I really do think 91 wins should get it done in the AL Central this year. And the Royals have to go 22 and 16 to get there. Very doable. 22 and 16 for the Royals. And why I say the next two weeks you could essentially win the division. Well, if you play really well the next two weeks, you can basically play 500 ball in the month of September and get to 91 wins. Let me explain. 22 and 16 gets you to 91. Let's say you finish three and two this week. Let's say you split Colorado, win two out of three in Texas. That's a six and three road trip. Now, all of us want to sweep Colorado, keep that, you know, consecutive series growing. And we would like to think we could we'd like to think we could go four and one the next five, the way we're playing right now. But let's just be realistic. Eventually the Royals are going to cool off a bit, come back down to earth. But that doesn't mean they can't continue to win series and win road trips and win home stands. Six and three is a great road trip. So let's say they go three and two. Well, then they come home needing to go 19 and 14 with what do we got then at that point? Another week left in August. So 19 and 14 at that point. And then you come home for one more uh, pretty nice homestand. You got one game against the Yankees. Then you've got the Twins and the Indians. The Indians are still solid, but they're basically a 500 team, and they could be beginning to fall by then. I mean, as September gets here, they'll start to realize they're just about out of the postseason. So let's say the Royals just keep this going through the next homestand. The Royals could very easily with another three or four games over 500 in the next homestand, could very easily go into September only needing to be a game or two over 500 to get to 91 wins. And if you split with the Tigers head-to-head, 
three and three, Detroit's not going to gain any ground on you. So you figure if you play really good the next two weeks, the Royals should grow that lead on Detroit to at least three or four games. And at that point, if you split with them head to head and just play basically slightly over 500 against the Yankees and the White Sox and Cleveland and those teams in September, all I'm saying is I think the Royals could essentially win the division the next two weeks if they continue this for two more weeks, this big stretch of games, winning basically every series. If they could just finish it off through this month, they can almost go 500 in the month of September, in my opinion, and win the AL Central. Now, if they struggle the next two weeks, it's going to be on in September and come down to that last day. But I would love, I would love to think the Royals could have a nice commanding lead by September 15th and clinch this thing in the last seven or eight days of the season. That, in theory, that would be the perfect situation for the Royals. But we'll see. I mean, Detroit's probably going to continue to get a little better. I mean, yeah, their bullpen's in shambles right now. They've had a lot of injuries in their rotation. But you would think at some point, especially with four games coming up at Minnesota next weekend, you know, Detroit's got some uh, three at Tampa, not a horrible series for Detroit. Hopefully Tampa gets two. We'll see. Anyway, I just wanted to look at it. I'm so excited right now. I, I really just feel like the next two weeks are key for the Royals. Keep it going. Two more weeks, you can essentially, honest to God, play close to 500 in September and still win the AL Central. Because the Royals are just that hot. They're so hot that their margin for error becomes bigger every day. And they're so hot that, yeah, they, as long as they don't collapse in September, if they keep this up, they're going to be in damn good shape. And that's 91 wins. It could only take 89 or 90. You never know. So we'll see what happens. You now go into Colorado. You have a good chance to sweep them. At the very least, you should split that series. You're facing one below-average Major League starter and one average to slightly above-average Major League starter in that series, and you're throwing your two best right now. So I love the Royals' chances, especially since they're 14-4 and four in interleague play. So we'll discuss that more here in a minute. But quickly tonight, just another matter-of-fact nice win for the Royals. I mean, you and I aren't spoiled enough to watch division-winning teams, but I would imagine this is what division leaders and winners do. They just go out there and win. They have a big overwhelming advantage, or they have a series that they should win, and they do. They just take care of it. The Royals have been doing that recently from the Diamondback series when they swept it, like we talked about before that one, how we'd seen Detroit just, just days before that take a nice sweep over the weekend series. I mean, good, good teams just do what they're supposed to do. The Royals did it. They took three out of four from the Twins this time. They keep winning series. Matter of fact, it wasn't spectacular tonight. The hitting wasn't great, but it was good. The Royals saw another excellent start by Jason Vargas. How about seven innings for Jason Vargas? One run on four hits. He struck out three, walked one. His ERA now sits at 3-1-7. Just what a spectacular season and what a bargain Jason Vargas has been. More credit there for Dayton Moore. I know a lot of Royals fans hate to give it to him, but give him credit. Same thing with Dayton Moore for the Wade Davis-James Shields trade. James Shields all of a sudden is turning it on. Wade Davis is, I think it's a pretty fair statement to say he's probably the best reliever in Major League Baseball this year. Uh, I think that's a pretty safe statement. I mean, that the trade Dayton made there is looking great. The Josh Willingham trade, three more hits tonight for Willingham. Dayton brought up Cologne. He's been a nice you know piece. I mean, just give Dayton a lot of credit. Give Nadia a lot of credit. We keep saying it. Now, one guy who I'm worried about, obviously, is Aaron Crow, who came in tonight, and he continues to pitch himself out of the Royals' plans in 2015. I would be shocked if Aaron Crow was on this team opening day of next year. I just don't see it. And probably by September, another one or two bad outings, he's probably not even going to pitch much in the month of September. He could even be left out the postseason roster if they bring somebody up. You know, or if they want to go an extra bat in the postseason, or maybe they want to, you're going to have a guy like Guthrie as your long reliever. You may not need a guy like Aaron Crow on the postseason roster if he doesn't start pitching better. 
One third of an inning for Crow. Three runs on three hits, including a bomb. And it's just struggling right now. His ERA is approaching four. His control has been very iffy all year. He's not great with inherited runners throughout his career, obviously. He's just a guy that is going to start getting expensive. So I'd be surprised to see Aaron Crow here next year. And if he continues to pitch like this, I'd be surprised to see him on the postseason roster. With like Again, with a guy like Jeremy Guthrie and Bruce Chen as your long relievers. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Royals have other options in AAA they can put in their postseason roster as well. A lot of intriguing ones we'll talk more about in the days to come. But right now in the bullpen, I, I think the order obviously is the threesome of Holland, Davis, and Herrera. Bueno is your fourth most reliable. Jason Frazier, Crow six, Chen seven. That's how I rate him right now. We'll see what happens. Greg Holland comes in, does a nice job getting two outs for his 38th save. And Eric Kratz's two home runs ended up being the deciding runs in the game. Although, obviously, Aaron Crow's not coming in if the Royals are up by two. And I and most likely, you know, the runs the Royals had would have been enough to win the game at four. They probably wouldn't have needed the fifth and sixth runs. But Kratz got him anyways as he came in for Salvador Perez. You worry a little bit about that. As I post this right now here on Clubhouse Conversation, I haven't heard the extent of Salvi's right knee soreness. Hopefully it's just a thing where he takes the next two days off. They have an off day Thursday. Just give him this Colorado series off, plus the off day. That gives him three days. Hopefully you have him healthy by Texas. The Royals can obviously get away with not playing him in short stretches, but it would be a massive loss if anything major happens to Salvi with this much season and hopefully the postseason ahead. But nice job by Eric Kratz. Another nice Dayton Moore acquisition. Give him credit. I mean, we got to keep giving him credit. Liam Hendricks has had a couple nice starts in Omaha. Another Dayton Moore guy that came over in that trade. So, um, you know, and the Royals offense tonight, I want to give them a little one, one other thing here. Five walks they drew. That's good for the Royals. Like I said, Josh Willingham, three more hits. Gordon Butler, Perez all joined Kratz with two hits apiece. Just a nice series for the Royals. Three out of four against the Twins. They're doing what they have to do. They're beating inferior competition and they're also beating better competition but the most important thing obviously from here on out is going to be taking care of the quote-unquote inferior competition because the Royals are going to be facing mostly inferior competition now through the end of the season outside of Detroit perhaps but even Detroit the Royals could have a nice lead I mean the Royals may if the Royals keep winning at this stretch the Royals could be favored in nearly every game the rest of the season a lot of it in baseball is based on starting pitchers so there'll still be some outings even against some of the teams that aren't as good, if we're throwing our four or five starter against their best, it might be a slight favor for the other team. But the Royals, at this pace, will be favorites in nearly every game from here on out the last month and a half of the season. Who would have ever thought we'd say that, you know, earlier in May or even mid-July? So the Colorado series, James Shields, 11-6, and 3-2-9 against lefty Tyler Matzik, who's not having a good year. He's 2-8 and eight with a 5-5-0, giving up, well over a hit per inning, 82 hits and 70 innings. The lefty, interesting, he does miss some bats. He struck out nine his last outing, although he gave up five, so the Royals would probably take that. Five runs and nine strikeouts with James Shields going, yes, please, I'll take that all day. I think the Royals win that game tomorrow. I mean, it's again, it's just such an overwhelming Royals favorite like tonight was. I think the Royals win the game tomorrow, and then I think it's more of a toss-up on, on Wednesday with – Jorge De La Rosa, familiar lefty, having a, a really nice year for Colorado. 12-8 and eight with a 4-3-2. Nice league average season. Even if you figure Coors Field adds .3 or something to your – he's still pitching not against the D8. So he's still a legitimate four guy ERA-wise. But a nice average season for De La Rosa. Solid starter against Danny Duffy. There's no Troy Tulowitzki, obviously, in this series. The Rockies are a little banged up. 
although they did get back, you know, one of their big boppers who hit for the cycle yesterday. Um, but, uh, I mean, this is a series the Royals have to at least split. You got to win tomorrow. And I think they will. Win tomorrow and Wednesday becomes a gravy game. You want those nine straight series victories. But if you win tomorrow, you're set up very nicely for a six and three road trip with two out of three in Texas, no matter what happens on Wednesday. So tomorrow's a key game. Like I said, let's just keep it going. Keep winning games. You have bigger and bigger margin for error. And if you win at a high rate the next two weeks, let's say the Royals play 666 ball, just win two out of three. Now through the end of this month, they literally would only have to go about two games over 500 the month of September to get to 91 wins. And that would be a pretty amazing feat for the Royals to get to that point with how they started and we're at during certain points of the season. What a ride it's been and what a ride it will continue to be. Thanks for listening to Clubhouse Conversation. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night, hopefully talking about another great Royals victory on Clubhouse Conversation.